Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. We've been friends for about 15 years, and this is a story... Well, I didn't start... <laughs> I, don't, I would say I started doing like six months ago. I actually considered you a friend. Okay. <laughs> so for 15 years, I've, I've considered Blake my best friend, right. and he has just now recently just considered me a friend yeah. of any kind. It's episode 56 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's a conversation with an old friend of ours about midwifery and home birthing with Shelly Hackler. Yeah, then it's another... Quit saying midwifery, by the way. I'm sorry. I I like that. Mid, mid, being a midwife is like midwifery. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Darcy and the My Dad Gave Me Crabs story. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Tip of the Week. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? Things are good. I'm in a, a hotel and the Wi-Fi is terrible. As you will hear Time Travel Talk um, in the Humans Being Human segment, it... it so we're just keeping our fingers crossed that the hotel Wi-Fi. Okay, I, I have a recording question. So, like, I like I can hear you, you know, kind of sketching in and out. But since you're recording on your end, is your voice going straight into your yes. computer to and record? You, yes. So you, and you sound perfect. You sound great as always. Well, okay. So you're if perfect. you, so if I were to hear you go, but like your computer, <laughs> the recording's not going to. Right. Hit. Correct. Okay. So that's good. Um. So we today, and today is my wife's birthday, uh, the 21st, well. Friday, um, not as we're recording this time travel talk, uh, tomorrow actually, Rick. And so today, the, the, oh. the Friday, is my wife's birthday. And we actually, our, our um, show with Vinny, the one-on-two with Vinny, went up yesterday, the 20th. So go check out the Angriest Trainer podcast, the episode 319. Rick and I talked to Vinny for about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh so, but it was a lot of fun. He basically, he spends a lot of time making fun of Mark. Yes, and my uh, hats. And what, I, what? As soon as I get a hat that makes my ears stick out, which you you have to listen to his show to figure out what I'm talking about, I'm gonna like tweet it out and say, "This is what I look like, Vinny," because he was making fun of the fact that I have some of my hats. I have to tuck one ear. In. Anyway, it's this whole big thing. So, um, actually, and on the show we talked to Dean Laurie, and we you know we, we had him on the show, and that, this is more time travel talk. We. You know, we recorded with Vinny before Dean was on the show. Yeah, so all all fun yeah. stuff. So, um, what's been going on with you, Rick? So, uh, it, it it got pretty cold earlier this week. Today it's it's much better, but uh, it was like in the twenties and thirties around here. And so I work uh, I worked an off duty job, like uh, you know, basically like parking lot security at an auto auction. So you're you're uh, on your feet, you're outside the whole time, and so. I was getting ready and I was like, oh, I'll, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of chilly and it's going to be windy. I better wear some long johns under my uniform, which is, you know, what you do in the wintertime. Well, I hadn't done my laundry yet. So none of my, like, uh, my, do we call them long johns? Is that the acceptable term for like long underwear? I, I think so. Yeah. I, if you said long johns, I, I would know okay. what you were talking about. Okay. Well, I'll just make sure that we're all in the same. So uh, I hadn't done my, uh, my laundry yet. So I was like, we're going to wear these. Well, I was like, you know what? I bought a pair of running tights, uh, you know, because I'm planning on running during the winter time. So I was like, I'll just wear those. That'll be pretty warm. And that worked out really, really terrifically until I realized uh, you might have to get your bleeping uh, tool out here, Mark. Okay. Uh, can I say d- hole? 
on the, on the podcast. You may. I didn't realize that uh, the running tights, they don't have like a, a hole in them to go to the bathroom. So I have to like basically pull all of everything down to uh, to go in there and go to the bathroom. So I spent like six hours desperately trying to like not drink any liquid whatsoever because it was like a, a 30 minute ordeal to go to the bathroom. That is, I thought you were going to tell the story about when someone mistook your car for one of the impounding cars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, at this auto auction, there's a variety of different cars that they, you know, a lot of them are just, uh, from my understanding, I don't get real involved with like what's going on that way. But like, I think it's like used car dealers are selling some of their cars there. Some other car dealers are buying cars to restore the inventory. And then there's a bunch of just junked cars that are pieces of crap that won't run anymore that like, uh, people will buy for parts and uh apparently they mistook my 11 year old volkswagen jetta for one of the parts cars because uh they just like i parked in the parking lot and then i come back later and someone had written something on the windshield and like a little like the little grease pin that they uh put the auction number on and uh, somebody had blocked it in and later they were running the forklift over <laughs> not the forklift the tow truck over there to pull it over to auction i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. hey guys this one uh that's mine and they just look at me like this is the kind of car you drive i'm like oh yeah oh yeah it is buddy that's hilarious that that is isn't quite the same but it's it reminds, for some reason reminds me of the time that i went uh to eat at a place called uh, perry steakhouse in downtown dallas a super nice place and I, it was it was a work thing. Well, was, lots of duh. Yeah, it wasn't like I was going there. It was a work thing, and I drove my minivan, and like, I, like <laughs> we're, we're standing in line like to get the, uh, you know, you, you give the valet your ticket and they go get your car, whatever. And it's seriously like a Lotus, a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. I mean, like this that kind of place, and and like they pull up the minivan, and like I wanted to like look around and be like. Huh, whose minivan is this? How dare someone drive a minivan? And they like they bring up the keys and hand it to me, and I'm like, "How dare you? Preposterous! Su- su- suggest that I would drive this minivan." Uh, I thought you were gonna say when you pulled up to the valet, they just shook their head at you like, "No." Well, that, not, gonna, so not gonna happen. That man. was that was just my park your own minivan. Yeah, that that was my hypothetical. But what actually happened is like when he handed me the keys, I was like, "Is this the first minivan you pulled around?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he like didn't laugh. He was just like, "Thanks a lot for making me do that, you idiot." So, all right. Well, uh, it's time for shows ranked higher than us. I've got a good one. Uh, okay. Coming in at number one fifty-two, it is the Generation Vegan Show with Chris James and Tammy Lee. Last episode was the twelfth episode, and it was from July fifth, two thousand and six. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. So, and ranked, yeah, ranked way up there. So, um, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us in the rankings. It will also help you and increase your chances for getting a free Simply Human t shirt. So, this is where we talk about the Simply Human t shirt giveaway a thon. We've gotten lots of reviews. Uh, any, any review dated in November is eligible for the November drawing. And Patty won the uh, shirt last, and, and I, you know, on the last show, we had talked about how I hadn't sent her the shirt yet. Um, that's going to be the thing. I, I never send any of the shirts to anyone. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't, <laughs> but uh, she got the shirt and she's going to post it on our Facebook page soon. So, uh, right lot- now, we only have one to three people in the November entry. So let's uh, let's make those odds a little worse, everybody. Let's all give a review here. (laughs) 
And uh, speaking of our Facebook page, which is a Simply Human Lifestyle, uh, search for that on Facebook. A lot of lot of traffic and a lot of uh, new content on that right now. I, I wrote an article for uh, EverydayPaleo.com, Sarah Fergoso's website, uh, a few weeks ago called "Is Food Driving You Around?" And it, it actually, I was going through Twitter, and there was a, a, a I guess, very popular. Uh, account that had written something about, you know, is relationships what you go to stuff for? Or is it the food? And I was like, hey, I just wrote an article about that. And I clicked the link and it was my article. So that was Are pretty, me? yeah, it was pretty cool. So there's that on there. And I just wrote one about uh, how you talk to those around you. And in, 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 uh, I believe it's called Sticks and Stones, which I just uh, linked to and, and she posted this morning. So uh, a lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at simplyhuman 52 and we had a um, uh, uh, an email that we're going to answer this a question. Is what we were, okay, yeah. now, you remember like five minutes ago when I was like, man, I forgot what I was going to say? Well, this is actually what I was going to say, okay, well, we needed to answer her question. Well, and we're going to answer that uh, right before. That's going to be like our Simply Human Tip of the Week. So we're going to wait until the okay. end to answer a question. But she did make a suggestion on Instagram about me posting more stuff uh, like, you know, stretches and movements and stuff like that. And I have heeded that. And really, like, if you tell us to do something, like, hey, maybe you should do this, we'll do it. Like, that's 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 how hard it is to, like, get us to do something. So um, You know what? I, I actually meant to have this conversation with you off air, but we might as well do it now. Okay. Uh, we should do, like, a, a questions show. Yeah. Like, everyone send us your questions. I'm sure there are people that have lots of questions. Uh, Mark will be able to do most of the, like, nutrition and, and uh, exercise ones. But we'll compile, like, enough questions, and uh, we, we can yeah. do, like, a whole question and answer show. That would sometime. be great. Yeah, and I, I can see, so, like... So send it to me or send it to Mark. Simply Human Life, uh, simply human Lifestyle at gmail.com or Simply Human Rick yeah. at gmail.com. Do, do not send an email to simplyhumanpaul at gmail.com. <laughs> that guy is yeah. tired of hearing <laughs> stories about diarrhea in, yeah. in opportune places, let me tell you. And everyone's going to know that you're a cop and like the questions are going to be like, so like, uh, what's the, what's the punishment for like X crime? Like <laughs> if I do this, like what, what's the worst that will happen to me? Can you break into the evidence room for me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and steal me a pound of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll get to the, we'll, we have our one question that we told, uh, our, our listener that we will answer, um, at the end of the show, right before, uh, it will be the Simply Human Tip of the Week. So let's go ahead and get right to, uh, our interview with Shelly. You can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. All the, the stuff is there. The, the nutrients and the skinny fat coupon codes are all there. If you have any questions, can't find it, just email me. And we already said the emails. Um, already mentioned the t-shirts, Facebook page, YouTube channel. We'd love for you to subscribe and like our pages. Um, there's something in the kids page, something in the mom's page, all that good stuff. So um, any feedback, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, and uh, it's always a, a, a part of the enjoy life uh, domain whenever we get emails from you guys because they always make me smile. So I'm going to say midwifery again because uh, we talked to Shelly about midwifery, <laughs> Iron Man versus delivering a baby, eating for two, movement patterns during pregnancy, yoga and pregnancy, incontinence, not incompetence, what to do when you're trying, Shelly's story, things that can stop. I, I, I'm, handling, I'm handling that end of it, too. What do you do when you're trying? Yeah, how, yeah Rick explains his uh, personal story about how he uh, got his wife pregnant twice. hey who? Things that can stop the reproduction cycle and sleeping on your side. Here's Shelly. How are you? Oh, it's been a few years. I'm doing great. Indeed, it has been. Mark has been trying to figure out how to work a computer for the last 10 minutes. Shut up. I understand that. Was it awkward when you found out that Rob had a crush on you in high school? Okay, so funny story around that. (laughs) Mark, record, Mark, record. I am. I am. I am. 
<laughs> I actually kind of just skipped ahead. You said to listen in at like 44 minutes or something, and I skipped ahead. And I didn't catch that it was Rob talking, and I thought it was you, Rick. And so the whole time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never knew. And <laughs> and I don't know when I put the pieces together until I think it was probably like a week later. I was like, oh, I don't think that was Rick, actually. Well, I think you can rest assured that we all had crushes on you at some point. So oh, well, there's I that. Very flattered. Yeah, yeah. It's very creepy of you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> all, like, it basically, that's, it's a sort of a compliment, but it's sort of not because, like, any – like high school guy is going to have a crush on any girl in the, that's in his life at some point. So, well, especially if you work together yeah. <laughs> at a bakery. Yeah, of course. That's like so the many most... sexy things happening at a bakery. <laughs> Man, the dough rising, grease, grease in the tray, yeah. <laughs> the dough. rolling sausage rolls. <laughs> Bathing in butter. Yes. Okay. Jo- joining us today, as you've heard already on the Simeon podcast, is what we have always known as Shelly Zadina, but what it's just now Shelly Hackler, because you, you, you married some guy named Hackler. Is that what happened? I did. I did. I kind of missed the maiden name. It really was a cool one. Zadina. I always knew where to find myself in, in line. Very The very last one. The smack yeah. but dead last one, yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, Shelly went to the same high school that I went to, and we went to the same church uh, growing up, and uh, sort of say connected through Facebook and stuff, and you Facebook messaged us an idea for a show, and we were like, yeah, we obviously have to do that. So we're okay. going to talk about midwifery and <laughs> natural baby childbirth and all this good stuff and it's it, this really goes along with and and what I already told Rick sort of the the strategy of how I want this conversation to go is like we're going to talk big picture first then we're going to like scale it down to like your personal experiences and all that kind of stuff so it's like much much in the same way that as far as like eating and moving, like looking at how our ancestors did things and when you look at when, when we say ancestors that's basically how you look at how humans did things for the majority of ex- of human existence, however long you th- you believe that is, and it's like a, a childbirth is the same thing. It's like how we do things today isn't necessarily how you know. And when I say that, I mean like in the, just sort of the typical hospital birth, um, how many of us were birthed. Uh, that is really not the way that humans gave birth, you know, for the majority of our existence. So. Sort of, Shelly, this is sort of an area for you of expertise. So take us through like, okay, a woman is pregnant. We don't need to talk about how she gets pregnant. I think we all... Wait, we we don't. Please explain how that happens. That's a a different uh, uh, show. Um, I believe there's an iTunes category, podcast category for that. uh, Oh, where do babies come from? (laughs) (laughs) So starting from that point, what is a sort of a, a natural pregnancy supposed to look like? So, okay, great, great question. Uh, first Thank of all, you. I will say I am not a doctor. I am not a midwife. I am not a doula. I feel it's important to say that, but I am just a regular old working mom who likes to research options as it pertains to my health and my wellness. So, um, you know, when I got pregnant with my daughter, Hallie, she's now two and a half. Um, you know, I went to my OB and just started going about the normal thing, I guess. And that normal thing was, well, we go to a doctor and we, um, you know, have a lot of checkups and we go to the hospital to have a baby and eventually we get a lot of medication and have a baby. And so that's kind of what I started doing. And, um, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. It sounds okay. Okay. So, um, 
you know, I was at church one day and I was, I was chatting with a dear friend of mine who was also pregnant at the time. And she said, you know, we're, you know, my husband and I have just started going to Bradley method classes and we're reading this book on husband coached labor. And all of this was completely new to me. And I was like, what is that? And not to be outdone, I was like, oh, me too. I'm, I'm doing that too, you know? So, um, and that kind of just got me researching my options, but to your point, it's so true. Um, we have turned childbirth into a medical experience and sometimes it doesn't have to be the case. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, giving birth and dying is like the most human thing you can do. Right. Yes. And so why not do it, um, the way that, that our ancestors and people, um, before medical interventions came, uh, to, you know, came prevalent, why not do it that way? Yeah. So like to me, like the, the natural pregnancy isn't, Whereas a lot of times you you will find you know women today who get pregnant and they're like all right well I found out I'm ten weeks pregnant time to sit down not not move and eat for two fully grown oh humans and like and that I think is the the complete opposite of what a a human woman body is supposed to do through the nine months that they are like getting ready for this physical event of your lifetime i mean I, I you know like i've i've witnessed well one one c-section birth because you know the whole hospital bed rest mm-hmm. and all that whole thing but the first two yep. weren't and i've done an iron man and i can say i would rather do an iron man than have a baby like it's not even close it's not even like like hmm let me think about that it's not even close and so you know think about if you were going to do an iron man and you didn't you just sat down and eight for two, you know, it's like that, that doesn't make any sense. So right. sort of like in your, like in all the research you've done, like, you know, like what are some of the movements that need to be done? What are some of the things that, that a pregnant woman or pregnant women should be doing in preparation for this birthing uh, experience? That's right. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. Diet, it has to be very, very clean, very, very healthy. You're not technically eating for two, okay? Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a silly saying that people, you know, you really only need about 250 to 300 extra calories a day. That is nothing. That is not eating for two. So, um, but yeah, don't start, don't stop working out. I mean, if you have been working out in the past, now is the time to continue your workout regimen. As you get further along in your pregnancy, there are some limitations and some uh, restrictions that you need, do need to look out for, like not laying on your back for long extended periods of time, not becoming super winded where you can't breathe. You know, those are, those are all problems to have that could happen, but keep working out, keep moving. As you get further and further in your pregnancy, yoga is an amazing, an amazing thing to do to stretch, you know, stretch out your ligaments and your tendons and really, um, have some mental clarity around, you know, meditation and relaxation. So, you know, a lot of, to your point, a lot of girls will say, I'm pregnant. This is a time for me to chill out and relax. And absolutely not. Please keep, keep moving, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I wouldn't recommend, you know, picking up like water skiing or anything like that. If you haven't, <laughs> haven't been doing that, but you know, um, Co- coat hanger, been... <laughs> coat hanger juggling. Is that, was that a bad, sorry. Yeah. Like indoor skydiving. I don't know. I mean, all that kind of stuff I would probably stay away from, but continue strength training. If you're running, continue running. There becomes a point where there's a lot of pressure and it becomes uncomfortable. But if you've been working out and, and moving, please continue moving. And I, think, I would think I, it's, it's oh, I'm sorry. For, for the most part, it's just as simple as, you know, you don't have to go out there and like, well, I'm pregnant. Uh, I got to go run a marathon. But like walk, do a lot of walking. Like, uh, right. and, and you don't have to like spend hours and hours in the gym uh, 
especially, you know, I, my wife has had two children and I could never even imagine uh, what that's like. Just the the whole nine yards from the nine months of carrying it while it's growing and you can't sleep and you got to pee all the time to actually having the child. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't just think that you'd want to stay active, you know, at least from a minimal standpoint, just so that you don't, you know, because you 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 know that's coming up for you. You know, you you know the the physical aspect of giving birth is coming up. You don't have to, you know, be squatting like five hundred pounds, but do a lot of walking. Well, and something that you said, I, I think you said continue doing what you're doing. I I wouldn't recommend. Okay, you have you don't really have like a, a strength training background. You find out you're pregnant. Now all of a sudden we're going to start doing Olympic lifting. That's I mean, right. I, I think you know keep continue doing what you're doing. And if you haven't been doing anything, then like what Rick said, you know at least be doing sort of like this minimal idea yes. of movement, which is walking a lot throughout the day. And you know you don't need to be squatting 500 pounds, but you absolutely need to be squatting. Getting it down I would in think, that position. Like, the muscles in that general area worked by squatting and stuff like that. I would think, from a common sense standpoint, those need to be in extra good shape to get ready to rocket a baby out of there. You know, rocket. that is very true. Yes, like very from a true. flexibility standpoint and a strength standpoint. Like, and that's where yoga can be so beneficial as you're preparing for this, you know, marathon. Now, I do have a question about yoga and, and pregnant ladies. Uh, I have a problem doing yoga because I have poor balance. Uh, I fall down a lot and I look like an idiot, and so I don't want to go do it anymore. Uh, how more? How much? How modified do you have to do it uh, when you basically are carrying like a watermelon in a backpack on the front of your body? Like, right. how much does that affect your balance? To where like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do that one. It does. I'm not going to be able to do that one either. It does. Yeah. And, and, you know, during pregnancy, you can also have a low blood pressure from time to time. So some of the up and down and up and down will get you lightheaded. So there is quite a, quite a bit of chilling out, sitting down, child's pose kind of thing, taking yeah. a break, you know, just listen to your body. But, you know, things, you know, laying on your back for extended periods of time as you have that huge watermelon in your, in your belly is not good. So there are modifications that you can do. Um, the, the great thing about yoga these days is you can find a prenatal yoga class pretty much anywhere. And See, I was so, just gonna, that was going to be my million dollar idea is yoga for <laughs> pregnant ladies, but I, apparently that already exists. So yeah, no. I was going to, I was going to create a phone that was also a camera and like you could check email and a computer, yeah. a pocket computer. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. So back to like the uh, the squatting thing. It's like you're if you look at a skeleton. I think this is a, this this sort of was an eye opening thing for me. When you look at like a, a skeleton, the the bottom of the pelvis, which is like so, if you took away like all of like your skin and everything, there's no like it's just a hole. You know, your the bottom of your pelvis is open. Right. So the things that are like holding all of your guts in are are like muscles and connective tissues. And if those mus muscles and connective tissues aren't strong or are being used like they're designed to be moved, they get weak. Then you s start seeing all of this like prolapse stuff. That's where all of this incontinence comes from. Not incompetence, which Rick and I have. Uh, incontinence, which is like I have where, both of them. Yeah, <laughs> which is when like you, uh, you know, when when someone when your hilarious husband like me makes you laugh uh, and you like, pee your pants or if you're like jumping you on yourself. a trampoline, <laughs> yeah, you wet yourself. So a lot of a lot of times you know, that is sort of, uh, seen as, well, that's just part of, you know, childbirth. That just happens after you have a baby, you pee your pants a lot. And I, I just, yeah, I mean, in some extreme cases, I think, yeah, it might, that might be the case, but I think for the most part, that's a sign that the increase of incontinence is a sign of the, our increase in 
uh, our, our lack of movement uh, and our That's lack right. of getting in those, uh, going through our, our full range of motion, especially for our pelvis. That's right. One, well, to your point, so, so squatting does, it increases the diameter of, of your pelvic outlet. So squatting and practicing squatting during uh, pregnancy is very beneficial. Also, um, you know, we're just going to go there. Doing Kegel exercises while you're squatting is where you're tightening the muscle down there while you're squatting. That can help with a lot of the incontinence problems that you're talking about. And you really do, you have to practice this. It's something that you need to do daily when you're going through your pregnancy. Well, I know Rick is, uh, don't you have your level three Kegel Certification. I'm a certified Kegel uh, trainer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, you okay, know. Okay, so let me let me yeah, ask yeah. this for both of you, uh, because I don't know. Uh, a lot of people out there, they're uh, like both of our, of our, our children were planned well in advance. Say that we want to start trying in this month because we want to have them in this month or whatever. So the six months leading up to uh, when you're going to start trying, what are some things that you suggest? Mm. Like just really squatting and, and walking or are there any other things like uh flexibility mobility type uh movements exercises that if you're planning on in the future the near future getting pregnant having a baby what are some things you should be doing to get ready to be getting ready do you want me to take that mark yeah go for it okay so you know i'm just just what we were talking about is the basics diet exercise um rest prenatal vitamins um I mean, those are the four basic pillars right there of what you should be doing. Um, as you're trying to plan for the baby, of course, you know, there's many flexible things you could be doing while you're <laughs> working on the baby. But I mean, other than that, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's the, it's the basics. Diet, exercise, rest, and, and prenatal vitamins are very important. Yeah, and I guess what I would add to that is, just, well, not really add, basically, yeah, I concur with everything you say. And then, um, you know, there's more and more studies now are coming out showing that this the time that you spend, you know, developing in the womb has such a profound impact on your yourself as like as an adult even. So like if uh, you know if, if if mom is eating just a ton of ice cream and a ton of non-human food, then then those babies are at are at a higher risk for you know diabetes in adulthood yes. for childhood diabetes for i mean you have all like that your taste buds are, are affected while you're in the womb there's all this crazy stuff and i think um making sure that you're you're avoiding non-human foods and eating a lot of super dense uh, foods with with a lot of good fat is super important for developing uh, baby brain and the yes. neural system and all that moving as much as you can staying uh, sort of i guess fit and and I guess the best way to put it is like be, being in shape for this childbirth experience. And then also getting sleep is super important. And especially, and I, I know this is like post-pregnancy, but like for young infant babies that do not secrete their own melatonin, they get it from mom. If mom is up all hours, you know, being exposed to artificial light and she's not secreting melatonin, then baby's not going to getting be getting any melatonin. Baby's not going to be sleeping good. Therefore, mom's not going to be sleeping good. And it is a spiral, like hell sleep cycle, uh, okay. which is why a lot of, you know, young moms are, are having, you know, not to say that, okay, don't, don't look at light at night. And all of a sudden your newborn is going to sleep for 12 hours, but it, it could be, it could be a better situation than, than what you're currently facing. Uh, so all that stuff is is super important. So basically, all the things both of you are saying are, you know, if you're pregnant or planning on becoming pregnant, you need to eat like a human, you need to move like a human, you need to sleep like a human, and you need to enjoy life like a human. Isn't it you interesting? The, 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 four pillars, that, 
the four yeah. pillars of our lifestyle, uh, they become more more magnified. But those are just that's that's the basics. Still, we yeah. need to continue to to stick to the basics. Well, and it's also in, interesting too. Like, let's say that there are a lot of women that let's say they're trying to get pregnant. Well, if you are are starving yourself, which is a very typical sort of a Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig counting calories type diet, which is a starvation diet. So if you are in in nature, if you are starving or if you are Let's say you're you're being chased by something, uh, and you're having to move around, and, and you're and you're constantly in, in you know sort of overdosing on movement. Your body is naturally going to not want to get pregnant because why would your body, why would your genes want to bring out another you know person into the world in a time of famine? Or in a time of you know, the, it's just, when you're it, being chased by wolves, is not the time to carry a baby. So like women will like their their periods will will stop, uh, and and you know that I think that is a good. Obviously, we're not all women on Earth. They're half women and half men. I think it's actually like fifty one percent women or, or something, something like that. roughly. But like if it's thank goodness, yeah. But like but that like the uh, the reproduction cycle is a pretty good indicator. For all humans, if there's something that you can do to your body that will like shut down the life process, which is what our genes are like here for, it's like you know from, from a biological standpoint, our genes are here to continue on. And if so, like anything that you can do that will stop that cycle, then maybe that's not a great thing to be doing, you know. And so I think it goes across the board. Like men just don't have a period to stop. So, you know, so it's like we just don't have that sign. So if it's good for a pregnant woman, if it's good for like a small developing child, then it's probably good for everyone. Everyone. Except for like tampon use in men. That probably wouldn't be good. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) That's a very actually insightful point. Thank you. I I didn't ever kind of realize that because like you said, I am a man. I am stupid. I don't know. I grunt and scratch and I don't know any of those things. And so that's a very insightful point. (laughs) Okay, now, uh, Shelly, let's talk about your personal experience. So you had that conversation with your friend, you started doing research, and then tell us sort of the rest of your pregnancy story. Sure, I have two very different stories. So my first pregnancy with my daughter, Hallie, um, you know, we started going to the Bradley classes, which is uh, husband or partner coached uh, labor techniques, pain management, a um, lot of movement, different positioning, and it was wonderful. It was about an eight-week course. Um, I had an excellent teacher, um, highly regarded down here in the Dallas area, and um, we we stuck with our OB. I, I um, decided, you know, this is my first time pregnant. I'm kind of nervous to move away from a medical doctor, so I'm going to stay with an OB. And um, you know, when it when it became time. Uh, to give birth, I went into labor, um, had a very long, long labor, and um, we wanted to give birth naturally, and after about 24 hours um, of being in um, in active labor, uh, three hours of which being in transition, which transition is getting close to the end of active labor before you start pushing, and it's also the very most intense time uh, of labor where contractions are literally one on top of the other. After about three hours of that, my husband and I just decided we were so tired, uh, we'd like to have some some pain medication. So it was it was very disappointing for me to say that because you know I had been trying to plan for for an all natural birth, but uh, we just we were tuckered out. So at that point, um, you know the nurses came in, um, they hooked me up to to an IV, a saline drip, they got the epidural in my back, um, and then what was 
normal contractions happening one on top of the other literally stopped and went to contractions every 10 minutes. Huh. So it slowed completely down. This is this is actually very, very common once once a epidural is put into place, uh, labor is, is slowed down or stopped completely, which starts a cascade of, of unnecessary interventions. Um, and so, you know, our doctor came in and said, look, it's slowed down quite a bit. We'd like to administer uh, uh, Pitocin, which is a synthetic or a, a, a uh, oxytocin, synthetic oxytocin, and um, we'd like to administer Pitocin to try to get your contractions going again. And so it, whole, it started this whole, I looked over at my husband and I was like, oh, this is so not what I wanted. Um, but, you know, fortunately, we were able to give birth vaginally. Um, everything went just fine after that. But I just felt like, oh, if I could have had maybe another support person with me to help me, or if maybe if I had, you know, been more mentally focused, I could have pushed through. And I, I just, I didn't enjoy the experience of having pain medication and being told when to push and being, um, you know, pretty much yelled at like numbers, one, two, three, you know, push, push, push. I hated that. And I was like, gosh, I'm not doing this myself. Other people are doing this for me. <laughs> And so, um, you know, it was a beautiful experience. I, you know, we have awesome pictures. I'll, I would never trade it, trade it for anything. But when I was pregnant with my son, Cannon, I thought, okay, I really, really want to try to do this differently. And I thought, what could I do? What could I have done differently? Um, and my answer was, I need to surround myself with some more, uh, with a better support team. I need to have um, somebody else that has my back. Um, not that my husband didn't. It's just yeah. I was gonna say. Long. I was gonna say, uh, husband, you're out yeah. of here. You <laughs> totally ruined that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's you know initially with the first labor, the reason I didn't hire a doula is because I didn't want my husband to feel replaced. Right. I didn't want him to feel like he's lost his spot. Well, in hindsight, that's absolutely not the case. When you're going through a marathon like that, and you both are just wiped out, hadn't eaten, hadn't had a sip of water, you know, it is it is very very hard. So the second time around, I thought, okay. I'm going to surround myself with some people that can help support me and my and my wants and my needs and my plan. And my plan is flexible, so if, if it doesn't go the way I want it, that's great, but I'm going to set myself up for success here, right? So I hired um, a dear friend of mine who had just gone through her doula certification. And for those of you who don't know what a doula is, a doula actually is a, it means woman servant. So they are there to serve a laboring woman. They don't deliver a baby. They don't even care after the baby's born. They are there for the mama. And um, they will help, will never make decisions on your behalf, but they will help be a liaison between you and your healthcare practitioner. Um, and, and they'll help with, with pain techniques and coping mechanisms. And they're also there to give your husband a break, you know, go downstairs and get some food, go, you know, shake it off for a little bit, take a nap. So um, hired a doula. And then I also mid-pregnancy changed from my OB that I used in my first pregnancy to a midwife. And it was the best decision I had ever made, hands down. Um, so we, we actually um, wanted to give birth in a birthing center. And the birthing center that my midwife practiced out of was full. So she practiced at a local hospital. And we decided, okay, look, this is kind of for us, the best of both worlds, right? We're going to be in a hospital environment, but we've got our midwife, we've got our doula. Um, you know, let's we're good to go. And it, it was it was a great team. See, that's uh, I, I didn't. I guess I'm just so like out of the loop because like I probably would have wanted to do this, and my wife would have also wanted to do this. Obviously, it's her decision. Uh, with our with our last one, with our boy, 
But I mean, that that's one of those deals where had we not had modern science and technology, I wouldn't have a son today. So that's it's right. like, so there's well, see, this- yeah, that's that's what I like. What I would have a hard time balancing is, yeah. Th- you know, millions of years ago, how you know our ancestors had babies. Well, they all they also had a lot of babies that died. Right. Uh, you know, there's medical advancements, so we have to be able to balance what Shelley's talking about. I think, like you know, those things and be able to integrate them together. The modern science, which saves mothers and saves babies, with the other stuff that makes it. More, most beneficial for mothers, yeah. I guess, giving birth. And that's, that's a pretty, uh, I guess, sort of like a comprehensive thing because it's like, okay, let, let's take that for like the, the just uh, medicine, like the sickness, okay? Well, a common cold, you, our bodies have developed all these things like coughing and, you know, having creating mucus to, to fix the problem on their own. And we know that it's worked because it's... You know, we didn't have like Tylenol back when our, you know, our with our ancestors, and they survived. So we know, like they, they we know it works. Th- there are other things like you know Ebola that need intervention, or you will die. And it's like yes. knowing what situation calls for intervention and what situation our bodies have a very robust and and proven strategy to deal with it. You know, it's like if you suppress a cough. You're shutting off the body's ability and its its innate sort of thing that it has created to get rid of whatever it is. It's like uh, uh, you know fevers. Obviously, way too high fevers is dangerous and can cause seizures and death and all that stuff. But like just like a, a low grade fever is your body fighting off whatever virus or whatever it's it's dealing with. And if you come in and just complete the first sign of fever, you just get rid of that fever then you're just sort of prolonging your body's battle that it's having. So so we just need to figure out like this this balance between you know like so it's like I would love to you know so what you're saying is like there there are things out there like birthing centers where you basically have uh like sort of like the the bathtub sort of what I imagine you know like these water births or if you're going to do it you know not in the water but like sort of this natural birth but in the next room you've got like an OR in case you need to go in and have like an emergency C-section. So birthing centers are not, um, they don't have uh, operating rooms. And, and let me just say, you know, a midwife is not, a midwife is not hands off during your pregnancy. A midwife is going to do the same tests, the same sort of, um, you know, you'll do the diabetes test, you'll monitor growth, you'll do an ultrasound. You just don't do quite as many um, ultrasounds along the way because they are unnecessary. But any sign of a red flag of any health problem to mother or baby most midwives are going to say, this is beyond right. my expertise. You need to have, you know, Mark, and you know this very well, you need to have constant care, monitor, you know, be monitored, be in a hospital setting. That being said, for the for the completely healthy, perfect per- pregnancy, there is no need why, um, there is no need for a medical doctor on, on you know, to be there to deliver the baby. There's just absolutely no need. Well, they, they haven't um, been around for the majority of all, you know, uh, successful births in the history of humankind. Right. And like, right. but obviously, like Rick said, obviously the child death rates or birth rates were huge. Huge. And so we can, yeah, so I, I don't want anybody to hear me saying that and say, well, you know, I... Uh, Go out the woods and, and have your baby out in the pile of leaves. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't last, then you're not a human. Yeah, There's exactly. Uh, obviously, like, there is going to be a point where these two things intersect. Right. And it's like sh- what Shelly is saying. If everything is perfectly healthy uh, and, and everything is going 
literally according to the biological plan and there's no medical intervention necessary, then a, having a medical doctor there basically to <laughs> to put on the catcher's mitt and catch the baby yeah, coming out of Bill there Cosby. isn't necessary. There are other qualified people who can do that. Now, what we're also, in addition to that, saying is a, a good midwife will understand when things are not going according to that plan and will be very quick to bring in a medical professional. And that's, I think, where these two worlds, where the, you know, the Venn diagram overlaps, so to speak. My okay. wife, both of our children were delivered via C-section. That wasn't, neither one of them were an emergency, but it's kind of a deal. I don't want to tell the whole story, but like, because uh, it'll take forever. But uh, we needed a doctor because there's surgery involved. Mark's uh, third child, uh, there was, uh, you know, some significant medical issues for months, and that needed a uh, a medical professional, a team of medical professionals, obviously in there, but who conveniently we're, saying, were out of network. But that's a whole another different story. Oh man, yeah, we can have a whole story. About <laughs> but like, uh, you know, th- th- there. If things are going according to plan, then we can follow kind of a a more natural kind of you know uh, kind of plan for childbirth. I think it's what we're we're all advocating here. Yeah, and we're I, not and saying I, we're not saying go into a cave and yeah. have your baby and. Eh, if it dies, it dies. It great. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. Yeah, I, and I think one of my theories is like as as many sort of things that we've taken out of the equation, the natural equation, the 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 moving and the squatting and the and the sort of continuing on with your with your life while you're pregnant, sort of prepare you for pregnancy. Like every uh, like natural thing we've taken out, we've had to sort of add in. At the at the birthing process, it's like I you know I may have women uh, wanting wanting to uh, like kill me for, for saying something like this, but like I think you know obviously having a baby is going to hurt whether you you know no matter the kind of shape you're in. I mean that is that is your curse for you know for the the Garden of Eden. Um, but uh, just kidding, just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> but women, yeah, hold on. Women at it, Mark. Yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But it's like we like. I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt, but I'm saying maybe the fact that epidurals have become such a just a, a natural part of the process is because it it hurts so bad because we're not women aren't ready for it. And we're not letting our hormones and all the natural process sort of enter into the equation to to make it. Uh, I guess a a more doable. Now it's like if you're not ready for it, like there's no way. I, I would have well, to have a motorized cart to finish the Iron Man if I didn't train. You know. That's right. And, and Mark, you know, another uh, that's absolutely true. And another thing is that if you have not, if you're one of these people that just want to show up and have it happen to you, you're going to be fearful. And being fearful is also going to make this a much more painful yes. process for you. So educating yourself, knowing what to expect, having a plan, a flexible plan, of course, uh, but having a plan, being prepared mentally is going to help 100% with some of that pain because you won't be scared. You know what, you know, what's going on with your body and you're trusting your body. And so the pain, there's a reason for the pain. So it's not scary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. We are at like 31 minutes, which means we are, we are out of time, but, uh, you know, for anybody that has, uh, that's that's young enough to not have been a dad when the dads used to have to like smoke cigars in the waiting room of the hospital, uh, and then the young people that, that haven't had the the uh, uh, I guess the experience. Man, having like being in the room when a baby is born is like, dude, it'll change you. Like as a, it's crazy. My so. first one, it literally, I still think back on when my first one was born, and it is like I am hovering over the room out of body, yeah. looking at things going. 
Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, let me just say, yeah, let me just say for a mother, that rush of hormone, you are literally high. I mean, you are just high as a kite, and it is the coolest feeling. It yeah. is the coolest feeling when that baby's put on your stomach. Mm. Well, all this talk of babies makes me want to go have a third one. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Both of my children are devils. I can't have any more babies at all. Yeah, you think that until, like, you turn around and they're, like, they've, they've you know, have like magic marker all over well, the, it's, the it's funny i had to like uh mute my skype for a minute because my youngest one was having like a hellacious hilarious fit in the middle of all this and i was like oh, here i am talking about the, uh, the miracle of, of childbirth with shelly and mark and then i'm looking at uh what happens afterwards and we're like man Shut i ain't up. got no time for no babies yeah. now it's the greatest uh greatest birth control there ever yeah. was all right well shelly before we let you go i have to ask you the question that i ask every uh, every guest that's been on the show and that is what is one thing that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable to make life more enjoyable that's an interesting question. Why don't I just tell you about something that I am enjoying uh, as of the last couple of weeks? Sweet. Perfect. This is probably very random. I am really enjoying sleeping on my side. How Ooh. random is that? Yeah. I have had that thought every morning. I woke up this morning. I, I, I sleep on my stomach. And for some reason this week, I've been sleeping on my side. And, man, I've cut it down. <laughs> and super comfy. See, that, that is exactly the kind of thing that, I'm, that I like to hear. It's like not necessarily this big philosophical thing, but like, like right now – what is something like you know one of the one of the answers that I an example I gave someone I guess I think it was Jimmy Moore when he was on uh, Rick like dark chocolate I was yeah, going yeah. through like a dark chocolate oh, yeah. phase well I haven't had dark chocolate in a while you know and so like I'm out of that phase so it's, it can be you can go through little phases of things and yeah so do you put a pillow between your knees uh, when you sleep on your side because I do. Oh. No, I and that's the crazy thing. I used to hate sleeping on my side. You know, when you're pregnant, you have to sleep on your side. I hated it, and huh. I don't know why. This week, I've woken up every morning going, this is awesome. I don't know. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> well, good for you for, like, acknowledging the, the little things. How about that? Yeah. So, right. cool. All right. Well, uh, don't don't hang up, but we're going to end the interview. But uh, I would just like to say thank you so much for reaching out to us, and I thought this was a great topic. And uh, hopefully this will spurn some more conversation, and, and uh, we can uh, have you back on some time in the future. Right on. Thank you. You're listening to the Simply Human podcast. Thank you, Shelly. Um, a lot of good information. Obviously, we could we could have talked to her for a lot longer, but uh, just a, a good sort of thing to think about. Um, if you've already had kids, maybe not so much, but especially for younger people or those that are going to have more kids, um, contact Rick if you would like to have him father your children. He would be happy to do that for you. <laughs> Speaking of fathering children, it is now time for the hot dog part of the show. Um, which is the middle part. And so uh, we, we thank Shelly and link to her. I don't think she has a website, so we'll just go to Shelly.com for all of her. Uh, Shelly.org. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now it's time for the Humans Being Human segment and the My Dad Gave Me Crab story with Darcy. So here's Darcy. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast from a well, I am in a hotel. We are all three not in a hotel room together. <laughs> um, yes, we rented a hotel room uh, and flew someone down to do the this segment. Yeah, so the connection is terrible, and uh, we'll we'll just we'll just get through it as we can. So, Darcy, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. You emailed us an email, and it's one of those that it's like not. I don't have to you know confer with Rick. It's just like we're, we got we got to have this one on. So, um, yeah, immediately when we both read the story, we're like, oh, well, that's going to be there. There's our 
uh, humans being human segment for this yeah. week, for sure. So t- take us, uh, start from the beginning, and let's just tell this thing. Okay. Um, well, I was in uh, the sixth grade when this happened, and this was back in the 80s, so when you know kids didn't have the internet, so they were a little bit more sheltered than, than usual. <laughs> um, I My dad took me to his, his best friend's house one night, and we're just kind of hanging out there, and my his friend showed me that he had just got this aquarium that had, it wasn't like a, a fish aquarium, just, you know, it didn't have the water, but it had like hermit crabs in it. And I was just kind of amazed, you know, watching, watching these things. And, you know, I'm a girl, so I don't want to like touch these things or anything, but it was just kind of neat watching them. And typically my mom like did all the Christmas shopping. My dad never, ever did Christmas shopping. So that year, you know, we opened up presents and everything. And, um, after we were done, getting presents my dad gives me like this little brown paper bag and I open it and it's got like three hermit crabs in it so you know I was all excited because you know I knew that came from my dad you know my dad actually went out and bought a present which is like you know never heard of so you know we um got a tank and we we you know put the crabs in it and you know they put it in my bedroom and everything and um when we went back to, to school for after spring break um we were in class, and uh, our teacher, her name was Miss Cox, and uh, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she, um, I didn't make that up either. She, um, she, she put us, like, in a circle, and, you know, everybody puts their desk in a circle, and she's going around the room, you know, talking to everybody, you know, what'd you do on spring break, or not spring break, but Christmas break, and, you know, what'd you get, and they get to me, and I tell the class, I was so proud, you know, because my dad got the present, I just blurted out. My dad gave me crabs, and the look on the teacher's face, she's like, what are you talking about? And so, you know, there were some follow-up questions there with with that, and uh, I ended up, my mom got a phone call from the school, and, uh, you know. Oh, wow. They, uh, they really they freaked had, out over that. Yeah, I can, I can see them, like, like taking you <laughs> yeah, down you know, to the counselor's and office. And I don't understand. Is this a bad thing? You know, our dad's not supposed to give you crabs? You know, I don't, I don't know. So, um you know, the the principal had to talk to my mom, you know, Darcy's going around and telling everybody that her dad gave her crabs. And so, you know, my mom, she um, she had to, you know, tell me, you, you can't tell people that, you know, your dad gave you crabs. I'm like, well, why not? You know, dad doesn't shop. And, you know, and he, he got me a present. He got me crabs. And she's like, sweetie, don't tell anybody that. And, you know, well, it turned out that, you know, these, these, these crabs are nocturnal. So... I'd be laying in bed at night and I'd hear them like, you know, walking around in their cage or doing whatever. And it turned out I started having really, really bad nightmares. And so, you know, we had to get rid of them. And uh, so, you know, my dad not only did the crabs, but gave me nightmares. Your dad? Yeah, it's like... It, my all my the... dad has not bought... My dad hasn't bought a Christmas present since then. That's hilarious. All the adults in that story are like, my dad too. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're, all the adults are trying to like not have to explain to you a sixth grader what crabs are, but you like are persistent. Like I don't understand what's the big deal, and like they don't want to say well when pubic areas rub up against each other. <laughs> there are these, yeah. So they didn't want to they didn't want to go go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. you, you guys cut off for a minute, so I thought, like, you just thought my story sucked, so you hung up on me. No. 
<laughs> no, no, no. We are still here, and we are dying laughing. <laughs> and uh, uh, hopefully, my daughters will never uh, tell their friends that I gave them crabs. Rick doesn't have daughters, so he doesn't have that problem. But I guess you could give your sons crabs. Yeah, I guess oh. theoretically, that's uh, that could be how it works. I guess, Mark. <laughs> Thanks for bringing all that up. <laughs> awesome. Well, Darcy, that is that is brilliant. I, I believe the title of the story will be uh, "I Got Crabs." Uh, and, uh, yeah, and we'll go from there. So, uh, and Darcy and Rick have something in common. We, we need to mention this. Y'all are both police officers. So thank you for your duties. <laughs> for your duties. Yeah. <laughs> to keep in line. I, I don't know. Yeah. This connection, this hotel connection is, uh, is not as strong as my simply human home connection. So, uh, Darcy, if you can still hear us, thank you. I know you had to sort of pull some strings to be available at this time. And uh, I really appreciate you yeah, doing I, it. Yeah, I may get fired over it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have you. We'll have you back on to tell the uh, I got fired being on the stupid Simply Human podcast story. Just have your right. have your boss yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen, listen to the show and they'll be like, "That's a funny story," you know. Yeah, it'll be worth it. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Darcy, uh, we'll let you get back to your normal life. Really appreciate you reaching out and for sharing the story with us. And uh, hopefully, uh, you won't get any more crabs in your life. I hope not. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I did not know that she uh, she was at court, you said. Yes. And she had to like uh, rearrange her, her schedule like around court. Yes, she was I, the, I would have known she, that. I would have told you, Mark, that you're being crazy. Yes. Let's uh, just do this some other time. She was the defendant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she had to like, like walk outside with her ankles like chained together. Like, yeah, not really. She's a police officer. So, which we which we covered. All right. So we talked at the beginning of the show. We're going to answer a question, and this is going to be the tip of the week. Uh, and this is from Melissa. We got a uh, an email, a really good email. Had lots of good um, suggestions she for really, us. She really really inflated our egos very well. Yes. So thank you. Yes. Melissa. I would read the whole thing, but uh, you know, some of it's I just like to keep to myself because it makes me feel good. So, um, <laughs> whoa. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna pick out the part of this that we're going to answer. So she has recently uh, cut out uh, gluten and some other carbs, the no sugars, no grains kind of thing. And so uh, she's, uh, this is funny. She says she's done low carb before, both during her Suzanne Summers food combining period and with the Chris Powell carb cycling weeks, the Suzanne Summers reference made me laugh. But so here's, here's uh, a quote from her email. One thing I've noticed is that my energy levels plummet when I don't have carbs. I recently realized that I'm gluten sensitive, so no wheat for me lately, but I found other substitutions for wheat that fulfill the carb section. Do the energy levels return after a while? Um, you wrote back and actually had, I mean, you were spot on with your, uh, with your advice. And then I just basically said, we're going to answer the question on the show. So do energy levels return? Um, in, in a large majority of the, of the cases, 90, 95%, I mean, most of the time they absolutely will. Your body gets, um, addicted to the easily digestible sort of the high, high consumable, um, Carbohydrates, the the wheat, the grains, the sugars. Uh, even if you're, like you're drinking fruit juice, all that kind of stuff. Like if you're eating a lot of bananas, uh, which you know, I Rick used to eat so many bananas. Um, but uh, just, <laughs> just kidding, he didn't. But uh, any of that stuff, your body is really designed to burn fat for fuel. I mean, our our natural design, ha- you know, there's just there's not a whole lot of very like sweet stuff just out in the wild, unless you live like on the equator, which is a, a very small, you know, 
uh, segment of the population on Earth. So most of most of humans on Earth living today are, are designed to not really have easily accessible, really sugary things or salty things. That's why we have such a, a high food reward system. Because we need that stuff in small amounts. Now that's all there is. You know, you go to a convenience store, all there is is, is sugar and salt. So your body th- is designed to burn fat, but will burn whatever's you know easiest to burn, and which is the carbohydrates. So if you wake up and you have you know a, a highly carb breakfast, uh, your body's just was gonna it's gonna burn that. And now you're in carb burning mode, and it takes anywhere from three days to maybe a week, ten days for your body to kind of get the picture that oh wait okay, we don't have these easily accessible carbs. I've, I've been sort of addicted to burning this stuff. I'm going to switch back over to a more natural, sustainable uh, way of, of energy consumption or, or energy use, and that's fat. And so, yeah, the energy levels will return. If they don't, you might have mono or something, which is a more serious uh, deal. But I, I would say uh, they've called that, I've heard it called the the, the keto flu, and that's a reference to the term ketosis, which is uh, where your body, instead of burning carbohydrates and the glucose that come from those carbohydrates, that your body converts things to, and the, the glucose, and, and it actually convert fat cells and triglycerides into these sort of water-soluble, uh, uh, what are called ketones, that your body can burn and your brain loves. Uh, so that's why like a, a, a coffee with butter and MCT oil in it, which is just loaded uh, with with good fats, uh, and and that sort of helps you produce ketones. That's why you feel so alert when you when you have MCT oil or coconut oil. Uh, it's because your your brain is, which is seventy percent fat, would rather have fat. So yes, the energy well, levels. Let me let, yeah. let me add something to to this as well. What the kind of like eating that we advocate uh, isn't. Uh, "Quote unquote low carb." It's not right. Atkins. Uh, Atkins is you know trying to minimize carbs entirely, and you know ours isn't necessarily low carb. It's going to be lower in carbs than like your standard American diet. Right. But because we're saying, hey, you need to eat your your, your the basis of your your diet needs to be uh, vegetables and then some fruits. There's a lot of carbs in vegetables, uh, but so we're not saying like cut out all carbs right. or whatever. And what what I found is that if I am eating the correct way and my activity level goes up, like I work out more, you know, sometimes I might feel a little bit uh, lower on energy. So I'll throw something in like a sweet potato or yep. something. Uh, yeah, sweet potatoes have carbs in them, and uh, probably Atkinsy type people are like, oh no, stay away from those. Well, your body, you know, th- that's a good kind of a carb, I would say. Right. Uh, it's not. It's different than like uh, you know cocoa pebbles. Those are bad carbs. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and that, that's a good that's a good point too. It's like your your energy level will will dictate, and and it's relative to the standard American diet. Yeah, this is low carb. But to me, the way I yeah, like yeah, to say I, it, yeah, it's it's normal carb. Like yeah, you, exactly. You, that's I would say like define quote unquote like low carb is under fifty grams a day. Yeah. I I, I would say I hardly ever get under that level it's right. always because i eat so much like you know leafy greens and things like that right. it's probably closer to 75 or maybe even 100 i don't know i don't count carbs but uh it's really hard to stay under 50 so that's my if you're watching carbs and you're noticing that like your energy level is low maybe uh 
bump your carbs up just a little bit, just in good carb way. Don't be eating cinnamon toast crunch or whatever. Right, and, and you you cut out grains and sugars. You are going to be eating what a a sort of a registered dietitian or like government uh, <laughs> expert diet expert is. You're you're going to be on a low. I'm doing the air quotes low carb yeah. to them. So you don't you don't have to like try to go low carb. You just cut that stuff out. Your body will respond, and on days that I am, and you know, very active, and whether I've, I've walked a whole lot, or I've been up on my feet a lot, or I've worked, I've done like a strenuous workout. A lot of times, I will, uh, uh, you know, a couple hours after I work out, I'll have sweet potato, I'll have white rice that I'll put butter and bone broth in, um, and uh, and so that's you know, those are some safe substitutions. The sweet potatoes and white rice are really sort of known as the sort of the safe starches, uh, but other carbs, yeah. you know, low low glycemic. Uh, uh, fruits like berries, anything that ends in berry is really good. Like throw into a smoothie or something, or just eat you know a handful of blackberries or a big bowl full of blackberries with some like almonds or something. Because um, nuts, raw nuts and seeds do have some carbs too. Like you can really, uh, you can be eating cashews and before you know it, you know you've uh, you've eaten a ton of carbs. But um, yeah, so so raw nuts and seeds are really good for that too. Um, so just you know whole fruits and vegetables don't you know the, the juices act in your body just like a, a coke does. I mean there, there's more science behind it, but that. It's basically your body uh, digests it and partitions it like it was having a, a Coke or a, a, a Snickers or something. So the tip of the week is um, cut out sugars and grains and, and and don't necessarily you know think of it as low carb. Just think of it as the normal amount of carbs that your body needs to to survive and be the healthiest version of itself. Right. So there it is. Cool. Anything else to add, Rick? Uh, no, I think it's pretty spot on. All right. All right. Well, Melissa, thank you for the email. And like we said, we may do a, a, a email a question, answer your question show. So if you do have a question that you want on that, I don't know. Yeah, just send in your questions. And if we have five yeah, or six. We'll, we'll address, I mean, if we end up getting a ton of questions and we can make a whole segment out of it, or if we we'll just get one or two, we'll answer them here and there. Like, it's, you know, just so if you have anything, just just give us a holler. Cool. And uh, I will say coming up on the Simply Human Podcast, it's uh, – there's a guy who is a longtime friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in a while who was listening to Vinny's show, heard Vinny mention me, and was like... Yeah, I was, I was going to tell you the other day, you've been, you have been mentioned specifically, like, Vinny's like last four shows. Really? Just yeah. like little, little tiny things here and there. Yeah, He's so... Like, yeah, just don't, 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 don't get a mug, right? <laughs> That's terrible, Vinny. Yeah. Well, but, uh, so my friend is like, well, surely it can't be the, the Mark Rogers that I know. So he like calls me, and he's like, oh, it is. So he And he actually... He's going to come on and tell his story because he was dealing with some sort of neurological issues and cut wheat and grains and sugars out and has seen a complete turnaround. So he has a really cool awesome. story. We're going to have John on. Uh, I also emailed Katie Bowman, um, who has been on the show before, but man, she is sort of blowing up in in this in the world of, of all of this health and wellness and fitness stuff. Uh, she has a new book out called uh, Move Your DNA, which I'm listening to the audio book right now. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm listening to this book, and I'm like, I'm going to have to just buy the stinking book because I, I can't highlight words, aud- audible words. <laughs> so um, so it's really good. So I want to have her on. We're going to talk about a very specific topic, which is how the uh, the uh, the fin in like the orcas, like well, in captivity, how they sort of droop over and how that relates to human movement. It's really interesting. She talks about it in her book. So that's coming up. So listen for that. Um, Kate Galliette is coming back on and uh, so lots of cool stuff coming up on the Simply Human Podcast so find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, simplyhuman52 is is the Twitter and and um, Instagram. The Facebook page, uh, just search for Simply Human Lifestyle. Rick will actually uh, post stuff on there and, and comment. He'll just have to, you know, he puts R or Rick by it, so you know it's him, uh, or you get confused. So, um, but yeah, we'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes. Any review dated in November, you're going to be part of the Simply Human T-shirt giveaway-a-thon. And uh, yeah, so leave a review, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity. Thank you for making us part of your day. We know there's a lot of stuff you could be doing. Um, and uh, thanks for making Simply Human Podcast part of, of your 24 hours that you are allotted each day. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, the dough rising. Grease the tray. Yeah. <laughs> the dough. Rolling sausage rolls. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself.